All right. Well, good morning, church. Aloha, and it's so great to uh, have you guys join us for our Ohana Sunday, and Ohana means family, and so we're so grateful that you guys are here today. You guys, we're going to launch our brand new series called Bless This Mess, and I think there's actually a TV show about that right now, but um, how many of you guys know that life can get pretty messy, right? How many of you know your cars can get pretty messy if you have kids, right? Um, your rooms could be pretty messy. Life could be really messy, you know. So we're going to be talking about, and here's the key, cultivating God's blessing into our homes. And we're going to talk about this series is basically about relationships and home and home life. And we're going to cultivate God's blessing in our homes. It's not earning God's blessings. It's not unlocking. It's not discovering God's blessings. This is not a prosperity gospel um, message or series, but this is a message of realigning ourselves to God's way and God's uh, design for our lives and cultivating. Just as like a seed, you cannot make a seed grow right? You cannot make a seed blossom. You could water it. You could take out the weeds. You could uh, till the soil. You could add um, manure on it. You could do all these different things, but you and I cannot physically make a seed grow. Only God could do that. What we could do is we can cultivate, do our best in the conditions around it so that it will grow. And relationships are hard. You know, living day to day with the with each other is very hard, but we love and we serve a God who loves a challenge. And God, He instructs us and He empowers us to live and to bless our lives in the midst of our mess. And, you know, we have to be pretty um, tenacious, meaning steadfast. We got to hold tight. We got to hold firm and to... Um, the promises of God and the blessings of God in our lives, almost uh, like Jacob held on. Speaking of tenacious, I have a Filipino word of the day for you guys, all right? And I may have given it up already, but the Filipino word of the day is tenacious, which is to hold tight or hold fast. Hold. How would a Filipino use the word tenacious in a sentence? Oh, Manu, I thought we were going uh, hiking because I, I, I only brought my sandals. I should have brought my tenacious. <laughs> tennis shoes. Tenacious. Come on, I'm rocking. I even rocked it for you guys this morning. All right. Life, you guys, life is messy. Relationships are messy. We have to be tenacious, right? We have to be tenacious and hold firm and hold fast to the fact that God wants to have an abundant life for us. You know, speaking of messy, can I share you guys some great news in our family? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> After like seven years, we lived at our home. Uh, we're renting out a home in, in Kulio'o. Our mango tree, which has never bore fruit, I asked all of my neighbors who's, you know, been there for 50, 40 years, 60 years, and that mango tree that we had never bore fruit, guess what? We started seeing, uh, it started budding. They started flowering. I'm like, <gasps> and mango season is upon us, and for the first time ever, we might have mangoes. And so, 
I know you guys want to email me. I was like, where's this email? I want some mangoes for mango season. But listen, you guys, you know, our mango tree is, is situated right where the electrical line is at to our neighbors in Kulio'o. And so every year, uh, Hiko has paid for gardeners to trim and basically butcher our mango tree. And then I remember the first time, I think Renee actually literally physically cried when we saw our beautiful, bountiful mango tree, and then the gardeners came and just chopped it down to like, just a, a, to a trunk, and Renee actually physically cried. But, you know, my landlord called and said, hey, we're going to chop down the tree. Could you, it's mango season. We've never really had mangoes, but could you check if there's... If, there's, if it's flowering and budding before we chop it down. And then about three weeks ago, Renee looked, and then it started flowering and budding, and we're like, no, no, don't cut it, because we might actually have mangoes this year. And I was thinking about it, right? So this year, as soon as we've, we told the gardeners to stop, guess what happened? All the mango leaves started falling, and it got super messy, and my kids absolutely hate it because I'm not going to break that up. They are, right? And so there's no free lunch here, buddy. And so my kids now, in order to have fruit, if I can take this analogy, things have to get a little bit messy. Life is messy. Relationships are messy. Like if you think about uh, family itself could get pretty messy. Like, you know, where there's blended families and aunties and uncles. And, you know, especially if you come from a Filipino family, you know, uh, my dad has 12 brothers and sisters. And so, big family. And how many of you guys have an uncle or an auntie that's still a baby and that's, like, way younger than you? But they're your uncle. is like, and you try to explain it. Oh, they're my uncle. But, you know, it, it, it's, life is messy. And, but the thing is, here, you guys, God... He, we're going to ask through this series in our relationships that God would cultivate in our lives, through our hearts, that His blessings would be upon us. And so with that, we're going to start with Psalm chapter 1. If we could all stand together, Psalm chapter 1, and we'll just do the whole chapter this morning. We'll be reading from the ESV version, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I'll read. You could follow along with your eyes. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You see here, they talk about the blessing of the man. Verse 3. He or she is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Verse 4, look at the contrast. The wicked are not so, but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and uh, completely dependent, completely 
reliant on you, God. Lord, oftentimes we've made a mess out of our lives. We made a mess out of our finances. We made a mess out of our relationships. We made a mess with our parenting. We've made a mess, Lord, of our lives. But Lord, you're a God of redemption. Lord, you make beautiful things from dust. And so, Father, I pray, O oh Lord God, that this series, Lord, for these next two months or so, that you would instill in us hope that you could bring about redemption. Redemption in our lives, redemption in our families, redemption in our marriages, redemption in our parenting, redemption in our work, O oh Lord God, that you would redeem, Lord, for your glory, but for our good. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that uh, we would take the necessary steps to cultivate your blessings in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So I titled the, today's message, The Blessing of Right Living. The Blessing of Right Living, because there is a blessing in our lives when we live righteously. Right? Because in Psalm chapter 1, it starts off right away, blessed is the man, okay, or the woman. Blessed is the person. And this idea of blessing stems from Genesis chapter 1, where God created, created Adam and Eve, and God created um, humans, people like you and me, God created people to thrive and to flourish, we would call it the shalom of God or the peace of God where God has a design for our lives in everything that we do that we could experience His blessing and His prosperity. And it is not limited to health, but especially in the New Testament, the blessing of God, especially Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ where the New Testament talks about more the spiritual blessings, the Old Testament really talks about like holistic blessing or blessing or prospering in life. And so Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the man, it could be broken down into three major sections, all right? Here's the first one. Would you write down on your notes? Live in the blessing of holiness. If you want to have the blessing of right living, you and I must make a decision to live in the blessing of holiness. Look at verse 1. It says, blessed is the person, is the man, and I want you to catch all the verbs here, okay? And just every aspect of life. Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. There's idea of walking going through life, doing life with, the person is blessed who does not take the advice and you just walk along life, do life with people who are wicked. Secondly, blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of sinners, that you don't plot, that you don't maneuver, you don't scheme with those who do wrong, those who seek injustice. And thirdly, it says, blessed is the man or the person nor sits in the seat of scoffers. 
you see here that every aspect of life, whether you're walking, you're standing, or you're sitting, there is a blessing when you and I choose holiness. That this is not, this is what we call a negative, positive um, idea in the Bible. So negative, positive, what do I mean by that? About, I think, 12, 13 years ago, there was this new, there was this diet, this phase that came out, and it's uh, eat this, not that. Have you heard of that? Because I think oftentimes when you go through diet, you're just like, oh, I have to go on a diet. I can't eat out. I can't have takeout. I can't get fast food. But their whole thing is, man, you could still live your life, eat this, don't eat that. So they say, you know, for example. Like if you go to Chili's or you go to Outback Steakhouse, whoop, whoop, all right, um, you know, you could get a salad. You could get like a chicken strip, right? Eat this, don't eat that. Do you know the highest calorie, the fattest fast food appetizer on the entire planet Earth? Not in the entire planet Earth, but in the United States. Can you guys guess what it is? Blooming onion, exactly. <laughs> Blooming onion or the awesome blossom, all right? Do you guys know that's about 16 to 1,800 calories? That little appetizer, it's enough for one meal, and it's just an appetizer, right? Don't eat this. Eat this instead. Now, the psalmist says, hey, if you want the blessing of God, don't live this way. Don't walk in the way of sinners. Don't stand with those who don't do right, right? Don't sit with scoffers. Scoffers, don't sit with mockers. Don't sit with people who are arrogant. You know, when I, when I got saved, um, it was a pretty radical conversion because I got saved uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. And I was a pastor's kid. I went through rebellion, grew up in church, but lived like the devil. And during that time, man, I got saved, and I had to make a choice. I remember the, 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 the people that jumped me into the gang, right, they were going to church too. And I'm like, I received Jesus, and I got to make, make some life decisions. And I could distinctly remember they were going through church, these, the, the kids of the gang members, the people that jumped me in, I'm like, man, Jesus loved me. Jesus saved me. I'm going to live for him. And then I remember, I'm like, am, am I going to raise my hand? I'm, I'm going to raise my hand in front of my friends. I'm like, okay. And I just started worshiping. I made a decision to not associate myself with them. You know, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, hey, do not throw your pearls to swine. What does that mean? What is the application of that? Do not throw your pearls. What are pearls? Something that's valuable. Something that's worth something. Don't throw something that's worth something and throw it to pigs or swine. Because why? They will trample all over it. I think an application of what Jesus is saying is like, your very best friends, 
The people that you do life with, the people that you give the pearl of your heart to and say, this is what's going on with my kids. You know, my kids, they're in college now. They're not really walking with the Lord. And you tell and you share this pearl with somebody who's not a believer, who doesn't have the same heart as you, who doesn't have the same value as you. And they're like, oh, wait, it's all right. Let them figure it out. It's okay. And you're like, no. And they just trampled all over your pearls. Could it be this morning, maybe we don't have the blessing of God in our lives because we are taking ungodly counsel. It says, blessed is the man who does not sit, who does not walk, who does not stand. And could it be that this morning, maybe there's a hindrance to your life because you have this ungodly counsel, you have unholy companions and people that you do life with and the blessing of God is being hindered because you take you're throwing your pearls to swine you don't understand you're frustrated not only that but you get unbiblical counseling you get advice that doesn't help your marriage oh just leave her man she disrespects you like that nah don't even come home let's go to the bar forget her dude now forget your kids and then you're just like okay and and there's, the blessing of God is hindered because there is this associating, this, this yoking with unbelievers. Let's look at our next slide. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 to 34. It says, do not be misled, Paul says, bad company corrupts good character. Don't be deceived. Don't get it twisted. Even though you have good character, even though if your heart is in the right place, if you surround yourself, you guys, with bad companies, receiving bad advice, right? It says, bad company, it corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. So live in the blessing of holiness. Now, you know, I think there's a, a, a negative connotation with holiness. Oh, look at you, Mr. Holier Than Thou. This is not a, oh, I'm better than you. This is like, Lord, I want to live a life that's pleasing before you. The whole point of Israel, you guys, having all these rules and regulations was to, first of all, to let them know that they've fallen and they couldn't live up to the, the rules and regulations that they needed the grace of God, but also so that they could be witnesses that in the midst of a crooked generation, we're to live straight, holy lives. That the way that we live our lives, the way that our marriage goes, the way that our relationships are engaged, that we are to live lives above reproach. That there's nothing wrong and it is absolutely good to choose to be holy. God says what? Be holy for I am holy. So when you and I choose not to partake, not to be a part of, not to join in, man, then the hindrances can be, begin to let go of and you, you begin to experience the blessing of God. Because the blessed person, the blessed woman of God, they, the blessed man of God, they don't walk, they don't sit, and they don't stand, Right? But this is what they do, and this is kind of the thrust of Psalm chapter 2. Would you write down? Delight yourself in God's Word. 
Don't eat that, right? Don't eat the blooming onion <laughs> instead, right? Eat this. What are we supposed to do instead of not associating ourselves? It says this, delight yourself in God's Word. Look at verse 2 to 3. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. So this, you guys, this is the positive command, all right? Any parents in the house? You know, when, when, you're, when you have kids and you tell them, hey, get off Fortnite, all right? Get off the computer, get off the video games, turn off Netflix, get off the iPad, and do your homework, right? So there's the negative commands. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. But the main point is I want you to what? Do your homework, right? See, you could not hang around with unbelievers, but the thrust of Psalm 1 and the blessing of God is what? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. You guys, we can never reduce Christianity to a matter of demands and resolutions and willpower. Following God and being a Christ follower, it is a matter of what we love, what we delight in, what tastes good to us. You know, John chapter 3, verse 19, when Jesus came into the world, humanity was split. It says, the light came into the world, listen, but man and people love. The word love there is agape. This unconditional, people loved darkness instead of light. So being a Christian is not so much what you believe in as, a, as opposed to what you love, what stirs your affection. And if you want to be blessed, if you want to, the prosperity and the hand of God upon your life and the favor of God, cultivate this delight for the Word of God. Psalm 16, verse 11, In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? You guys see that it is about what you love, what you delight in, what you take pleasure in. And what are we supposed to take pleasure in? It says... Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? The Bible, you guys. I think oftentimes, oh, I got to do my devos. I got to be disciplined. I got to have the willpower. I got to set my alarm early. I got to join small group. I gotta, and it starts, we're, we're reaching for fruit instead of digging for roots. And what is the root? Delighting yourself in God's word. Have your soul satisfied your spirit refreshed, that you look forward to reading the Bible. I think oftentimes we here in America, we just, and I'll raise my hand, how many of us even brought a Bible to church this morning? Why? We all have our phones. You know the word Bible in Latin, hab, biblos, the book. 
And we just take it for granted. We don't even bring it with us because we have it on our phones, we have it on our tablets, we have it on our iPads. But can I just show a brief video, about one minute, of like believers, actual footage of Chinese Christians getting a Bible for the first time. And watch their delight, watch their reaction to receiving the law of the Lord. Let's go play that. You see how they press their face? They inhale the Bible. It's like, this is, this is our great need right now is the Scripture, the law of the Lord. The blessing of God are to those who delight, who are happy. You know, Psalm 119 verse 11 says in NIV, I think it does injustice. It says, your word have I hid in my heart. When you hide something, it's because what? Usually, you're embarrassed or there's shame. But I love how the, MS, the, the message, MSG, says that... MSG. <laughs> I made that up, by the way. Um, that's my acronym. But the message, Eugene Peterson says, Your word have I banked into my heart. Remember that back then, there were no banks. There were no security deposit boxes. So if you had treasure you would hide it. And the psalmist in Psalm 119 says, man, your word have I treasured. I dug it deep into my heart so that I will not sin against thee. Where, from a scale from 1 to 10, where is our appetite to reading God's word? From A to F, like, you know, Paul says we're to examine ourselves. Socrates says that the unexamined life is not worth living, right? Where is your affection level for the Word of God? Is it something that you and I look forward to? Is it something that we breathe in? Do you know, in, um, when I was going through Bible college, in Fuller Seminary, they had these kind of pink Bibles, kind of old Bibles, but they were called martyr Bibles. And the reason why they were pink is because men and women of God, whether it's Wycliffe, they were told, hey, you cannot preach this Bible. You cannot distribute this Bible. It is illegal. Are you going to recant? Are you going to spit on the Bible? They're like, no. 
and then they were made to stand on the Bible that they were distributing and preaching from, and they slit their throats, and the blood would go, and they would have these pink Bibles, slightly off-colored. Man, men and women have given their lives for this book. They've given their, their blood for this book so that you and I could treasure it, so that you and I could delight ourselves in it. So the blessing, guys, is this, that we delight ourselves in the law of the Lord. And lastly, we'll go ahead and close with this. Number three, would you write down? Uh-oh. My iPad is not functioning. Okay. Uh-oh. It is not moving. Uh-oh. Okay. Choose the love and care of the good shepherd. Choose the loving care of the good shepherd. Let's look at uh, verses 5 through 6 here. Oh, verses 4 through 6, excuse me. So we talked about the blessed man or the righteous man. Verse 4, it says, The wicked are not so, right? But they are like chaff. Thank you so much. Oh, this is why we should have paper, you guys. Oh, man, I was just made an example. Trust too much in technology. So next week, I will bring a paper with me. A paper, what a fob. Anyways, I'll bring papers with me. But could we bring, start bringing our Bibles to church? Can, can we get an agreement on that? Yeah, start bringing the book with us, okay? All right, verses 4 through 6. The wicked are not so, but they're like chaff, that the wind drives away, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Here it is, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but, but the way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked will perish. Now, Choosing, here it is, choosing the loving care of the good shepherd. It says, the wicked are not so, but they're like chaff. What is chaff? Have you ever wondered what that is? So if you go to the next slide, chaff, they are the dry, scaly, if we go to the next slide, the picture. They're the dry, scaly, protective casings of the seeds of cereal grain. So what the people would do, farmers would do, is that they would get grain, they lift it up, and the air, because chaff is so weightless, and it's worth nothing, it has no nutritional value, you just throw it up in the air, and it separates the wheat seed from the chaff, and the chaff just kind of drives it away, and it's gone forevermore. So... Chaff, metaphorically, it's used to refer to something in the Bible that is worthless. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus says they had to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's almost like uh, the parable of the tares between wheat and the weed. Another example in the Bible is not so the wicked, but they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Now, if you look, uh, if you go to the next slide, I made this graph here 
of why to choose the loving care of the good shepherd. What happens between the righteous or the blessed and the wicked? Well, we see here there's a destiny in this life, in this present life, that the righteous people, those who live according to God's word, they will bear fruit and they will be like the prosperous tree. But in this present life, the wicked, they will be like the chaff that the wind blows away. That any sort of wind, any sort of friction, any sort of trials, they'll just be driven away. But also in the future, this destiny in the life of the future, it says, the righteous, your way will be known and you'll be protected by God. But the way of the unrighteous or the wicked will be chaff-like and it will end in destruction. Look at Psalm 37 verse 18. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure, what? Forever. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7, the Lord is good. He is a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who, what? Trust Him. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, man, we have two options today. We could choose to be under the care of the good shepherd. We could choose to fall under the love and relationship and the blessing in the hand of the Lord's care. Where the Lord is good and he will be a refuge in times of trouble and he cares for those who trust in him. You, let's close with this next verse. Psalm 121 verse 5. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is at your shade at your right hand. Psalm 145, verse 20, the Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Do you know what happens when we delight ourselves in the law of the Lord? Do you know what happens when we fall into submission under the lordship of Jesus, under the authority of his word? Could you go to slide nine, Dawson, please? That he says, slide number nine, that you will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Slide number nine, that it will result, there's a picture, it will result in being nourished and rooted. That if you are, if you delight in God's word, you guys, this is in Israel, they're surrounded here by desert. But those who are closest to the tree, you are nourished and you're sustained by the Word of God. That you will bear fruit in season. That in your character, when you're walking with God, if you continue to delight yourself in the law of the Lord, if you choose holiness to live a holy and righteous living, there will be a time where you will eventually flourish and blossom. That in your relationship, if you're single, if you're married, if you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, and in His law you meditate day and night, and if you choose not to 
walk and sit and stand with the ungodly, guess what? There you will have roots so deep that no matter what comes along your way, you will be nourished and sustained by the goodness of God. Even though there's complete dryness and aridness around you, you are sustained and you are nourished in your finances, in your career. If you have wayward children, if you have prodigal children, stay the course, dig your roots deep, delight yourself in the Word, delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Choose to cut out ungodly counsel, and when you begin to do that, your roots grow deep and you'll be sustained that you will never, ever wither. You will not die out on a branch. You will not be left alone because you are grounded in the Word of God where you are refreshed, where you are renewed, where you are sustained and you're just thriving in the midst of desert around you. Do you understand that? And, uh, you know, you know, Pastor Wayne says, man, you guys, the first 10 years of you being in ministry as a pastor, man, just admit it, you're going to be broke. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because you're going to start off as a youth pastor and you're not going to, and just be okay with it and just resolve it, that's okay. I remember a season in our lives when Renee and I, before we moved here, we were just like, um, we're living with my, with my parents, you know, there was, I had Judah and Noah, they were about two and one years old, and the Bible says what? For this reason, for the reason of marriage, a man shall live his father and mother, and I wasn't obeying the word of God because, man, I, we couldn't survive on our own, and uh, make the long story short, I'm like, you know what, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to quit uh, pastoral ministry and I'm just going to go back to get a secular job. So I, I got a job at Citibank and uh, as a commercial loan service center. And once I got my welcome packet, I was supposed to report on a, I was supposed to report on a Monday and I got my welcome packet. They said, choose your vacations and all these different things. And I'm just like, Lord, is this, like, I'm done here. Like, I, how am I going to survive? Like, this is, but Lord, uh, I sought you first. I seek you first. I sought your righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. And Lord, it just seems like you're not providing. And so, that Sunday, you know, I received, before I was supposed to go to work, the following day, I received an envelope. And it was nice and thick. So I'm like, oh, right? And it says, to Pastor John. And then it says, this is for you and Renee. We love you guys. And it was like, I think it was like 120 bucks or so. And then, to my surprise, like, I opened the envelope and it was thick. I'm like, oh, it's you know, they accidentally left their whole checkbook in there. I'm like, I called her, hey, sister so-and-so, oh, thank you, thank you so much for the gift, but, you know, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing by to Burbank on our way home, and I'll drop you off. You accidentally left your checkbook in the envelope. 
He goes, no, no, Pastor John, check it again. And I checked it again. Every 15th and every 30th was $120. And she even sprinkled on there my birthday, Renee's birthday, Valentine's Day, anniversary, an extra $100 so that we could live and survive. The thing, you guys, is that, man, if, and so I ended up calling my supervisor, sorry, I can't come in, the Lord provided, and so I didn't have to report. But you, do you see how when we choose to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord, you will be like a tree rooted by streams of living water. And in due season, you guys, in due season, as God has promised on the authority of God's word, in due season, there will be harvest. In due season, God will show up and God will show off. In due season, God is going to show His faithfulness and He's going to floor you with His goodness. In due season, your prodigal kids are going to come home. But you and I, we need to meditate in the Word of God. We need to stick close to the Lord. We need to delight ourselves. We need to be refreshed. We need to look forward to hearing from God. This is how God chooses to reveal Himself to you and to me. He doesn't use angels. He doesn't use, the, yes, He uses nature, but man, God uses the Bible from Genesis to Revelation so that we could delight in Himself, delight in who God is, and we establish our roots deep, and in due season, there will be a harvest. You will never wither. You will never be forsaken because God is true to His Word. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You, God, for this morning. And Lord, we pray right now, God, that uh, before we talk about marriage, before we talk about parenting and conflict and family, before we start fixing other things, Lord, you want to work in each one of us. It starts in each one of, it starts with me. It starts with my desire. It starts with my appetite. What are the things that spur me? What do I look forward to? What are the things that excite me? And it starts with delighting ourselves in you, Jesus. And so right now, Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, if we don't have that desire, if there is no inkling, Lord God, of, of wanting to know you, wanting to love you, Lord, I pray right now that you would perform in the spiritual realm, perform a heart surgery, a heart transplant, God, that you would remove our heart of stone, Lord, indifference, callousness, oh Lord, where you would remove that heart and you would place into us a new heart, a heart that wants to know you more, a heart that seeks to please you, a heart that wants to honor you in everything that we do, a heart that delights in the law of the Lord, a heart that delights to meditate in your word day and night, Lord God. It is only then that your blessing, your hand, your favor could be upon each one of us. And so Lord, start it in each one of us, Lord, start it in our own hearts. Bring forth a revival, Lord, in each one of us before you could do it in our marriage, before you could do it in our families, before you could do it in our community or workplace. Start a revival 
in our, each one of our hearts that we would seek to know you more. We would seek, Lord God, to live for you. Seek, Lord God, to delight ourselves in you so that, Lord God, we could be like King David. There's one thing I ask, one thing I seek, that I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so, Lord, would you do that in each one of us? Would you do that for your glory? But you, would you do that for our good? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.